if I am productive or what you might think is fruitful, but I am stressed, I'm not in my true purpose and true nature, or I'm mishandling my purpose. Okay, I'm mishandling it. I'm not stewarding my purpose well, stewarding my resources, gifts, talents, and skill set well. If I am seeing fruit or seeing productivity, but I am stressed out, fatigued, burnt out. If I am generous and people know that they can count on me, call on me, but I am drained, I am mishandling something. Okay, if you're happy with me, but I am not happy with me, or if you're happy with me, but I am not happy with you, something is being, something is mismanaged, something is misaligned. I am Taylor Chandler. I'm a licensed therapist, host of this podcast, Boundaries and Grace, and leader of my practice, Reattach. My mission is to help you shift to secure attachment, uprooting anxiety and avoidance, replacing with clarity and peace. You will shift. Hey y'all, welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. This is part three, the last part of my High Achieving Women specialty case series. The High Achieving Women workshop is Saturday, March 25th. We will be meeting for two hours. It is $25 to join that two-hour group. And when you register, you are also signing up to get the replay, okay? So that workshop is coming up. This last part in the series we're talking about, I'm going to give you some attachment under some attachment information and better understanding of attachment, the role that that plays in some of the issues that my high-achieving women are facing in particular. Uh, we're going to talk about the role of anxiety and perfectionism, and you are going to understand understand better why this is an issue for you and what you need to do to um, fix this. Achievement is not an issue, okay? Achievement is not an issue, but what we've been talking about is the manifestation of some of the dysfunctions that come along with this type of woman. Yes, some of the dysfunctions, the things that make things not work, okay, some of the dysfunctions that come along with this type that you can be unaware of or um, unaware of in general, or um, we can lack understanding in how valid other people's concerns are, um, partially because you really are a generally a value add in many places that you go, and it can be difficult to see and or difficult to accept that some of the very strengths that you have can be received as weaknesses in relationships, okay? So I want to bring more awareness to this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It is, I, I get this client often, okay? I get this client often. I have been this client. I have been this person in my personal life. And um, so these are things that come up often, um, because you can relate to me. You're not all of my clients, right? But there is a group of y'all and a group of, or, a, and some of y'all that I have never worked with, but who enjoy my content. Um, and this group is attracted to me partially because, or a big reason, I'm going to say a big reason, a big reason why this group is attracted to me is because you see you in me in this way. You're like, you know, we're moving, we're effective, you know, there's a lot going on, it's it's productive, people are, it's results-oriented, solutions-oriented, um, and so y'all are the type that, are, like, if you particularly like me for that reason, because you also are that way, you probably have some of these issues, <laughs> 
<laughs> that that I'm going to be discussing with you today. So let's get into it. Um, we're talking about people who overfunction, find themselves overfunctioning, where you are often carrying the load. It's all on you. And it seems like, or it really is, um, the reality that if you take your hands off of things, that those things will fall apart. Or if you take your hands or eyes off of people, um, that they will fall apart. You probably pair with underdeveloped people. What does it mean to be underdeveloped? We're talking about, um, emotionally, emotional immaturity. These are people who don't communicate about their feelings well. They have dysregulated emotions, like they stonewall or they over-pursue, like they get so anxious and so they expunge their anxiety unto you, project it unto you and want you to deal with it, want you to soothe them rather than being having the skills or function to be able to do it themselves. Or they stonewall. That is, that is also a, dis, a, a manifestation of, a, of dysregulated emotions, okay, where I just totally shut down, shut you out. Okay, um, what does it mean to be underdeveloped? I don't take accountability. Other people are the problem. I find it difficult to commit. I find it difficult to grow up or be responsible. I am almost repulsed at responsibility. I'm almost offended that you expect me to be responsible for something, especially the relationship. Okay, I'm almost confused as to why you're even why you even expect anything from me. I'm almost just ba- I'm just baffled that anything is required here. Okay, those are the underdeveloped people. So it's interesting that, of course, you know, you end up pairing with these types so often, but they also trigger you the most, right? We understand attachment, how that works. Where where we have when we have insecure attachment, in, we have attachment issues. You end up pairing with people who do exactly the things that set you off. Okay? We're going to be talking a lot about that, of course, in the attachment workshop that's coming up on Friday, March 17th. That is free. Okay. And you go to my website, IamTaylorChandler.com to join that workshop. Okay. So we know that all of our behavior has a subconscious motivation. And if you do not know that, you know that now. All of our behavior has a subconscious motivation, motivation that I'm unaware of. Motivation that is driving my behavior. Over 90% of our behavior comes from our subconscious mind. It's just automatic. We also know that when we are in true alignment, we don't really have net negative results. When we are in true alignment with ourselves and what we're supposed to be doing and who we're supposed to be with and where we're supposed to be, we don't really have net negative results. Why is that important to say? If you are if you are getting net negative results in family relationships, if you're or if you're getting net negative results in platonic relationships or you're getting net negative results in romantic relationships, there is a misalignment somewhere between what I am doing and who I really am or where I, who, where I'm really supposed to be or who I'm really supposed to be with. What's a net negative result? What does that look like? It can feel like feel like look like resentments whether you say it or not. Okay, I'm irritated, frustrated internally. Uh, It can look like burnout. Okay, I don't even want to be here anymore. I quit. Okay, Um, or it can look like fatigue, which is related to burnout. Fatigue, relational or functional fatigue. Um, I guess that is kind of the same thing, right? Burnout is fatigue. Um, (laughs) Fatigue. Relational or functional fatigue. I mean, like, I don't want to do this anymore or I just want to shut down all of my feelings because um, I am so irritated by 
feeling so much and doing so much that I just want to cut everything. Everybody get out. I'm going on a three week vacation to Turks and Caicos. And when I get back, y'all better have cleaned this up because I just can't deal with it anymore. Okay. It can look like that. It can look like sending people, sending other people away. Okay. It can look like ejecting from your job. I quit or just, uh, quiet quitting fatigue. These are examples of net negative results. Okay, I think resentment is really the key word here because it feels like for um, when you are in a net negative, when you are a high, you are you are over functioning, but you're getting net negative results. Resentment is bound to grow in that space. I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel valued. I feel like this is unfair. This is unjust. Um, I always end up doing all the work and no one sees what I'm doing. No one appreciates what I'm doing. I hate it here. Okay, resentment. Um, but then it's also, we have to remember there is a reason why, um, I, you become, there's a reason why this type of person is in these cycles repetitively. Like it's not just a one and done kind of thing. If you have this issue, it's something that you have seen historically over your relationship timeline and you may be experiencing it right now, or you've just gotten so burnt out that you're not dealing with anybody at this point that you're, you are who I'm talking to. Okay. If that's you're who I'm talking to. If you relate to that. So again, if, if, if I'm getting net negative results in those areas, platonic family or, and or romantic, something is misaligned. So because I know that my behavior is, um, because I know that my behavior is directly related to subconscious motivation, this means that I need to check to see what my motivation is because the thing motivating me is causing me, driving me, moving me to behave in a way that is out of my essential nature and my true purpose. Can y'all see why I'm doing this by myself? Because I feel like I'm getting, I just want to give it to you real clear. Cause I'll be in the comments. I'd be like trying to get y'all to be engaged and stuff. I just want to give y'all, give this to y'all. Okay. I'm going to read that again. I need to check to see what my motivation is because the thing that is motivating me subconsciously is the thing that is causing me, driving me, allowing me, moving me to behave in a way that is outside of my essential nature and true purpose. And I know that that's true because resentment is building in me. I am burnt out. I am fatigued. I am irritated. I am depressed. Okay. Stuff like that. When I'm in my true, so um, what's the word that people use? Not consequentially, but alternatively, when I'm in my true purpose and true nature, I am relaxed yet fruitful. Okay. It's not, it's not laziness and it's not stagnation. I am relaxed yet fruitful. I am giving, but I'm not depleted. I am happy with myself and genuinely happy with what I'm doing with you and for you, regardless of the type of relationship it is. So there's a balance. When I'm in my true purpose and my true nature, I am relaxed yet fruitful. I am giving yet not depleted. I am happy with myself and genuinely happy with what I'm doing with you and for you. There is a balance. Okay. So if I am productive or what you might think is fruitful, but I am stressed, I'm not in my true purpose and true nature, or I'm mishandling my purpose. Okay, I'm mishandling it. I'm not stewarding my purpose well, stewarding my resources, gifts, talents, and skill set well. If I am seeing fruit or seeing productivity, but I am stressed out, fatigued, burnt out. 
if I am generous and people know that they can count on me, call on me, but I am drained, I am mishandling something. Okay. If you're happy with me, but I am not happy with me, or if you're happy with me, but I am not happy with you, something is me, something is mismanaged, something is misaligned. So what could be wrong about my motivation, that thing that is motivating me to do, even though I may be depleted, stressed, anxious, depressed, imbalanced? What, what might be, what, what could be wrong about my motivation? There is, cause there is something motivating me that's actually to my detriment rather than to my benefit. Let's talk about attachment. How did this come to be? Because motivation, um, and, and beliefs, beliefs and motivation are like in, right in the same ballpark. Beliefs and motivation are in the same ballpark. I am motivated by things that I believe. And so if my motivation, if I have, um, if I have detrimental beliefs, if I have negative beliefs or beliefs that are not for my greatest good, then that means my motivation naturally is off. I'll be motivated by the wrong things. Come to the, uh, y'all need to come to these workshops so that you can ask questions in real time. Okay. And really get this and really understand this. So let's talk about the role of attachment because our beliefs, which also means then our motivations are directly related to attachments that we developed in childhood. Two main examples of parent-child relationships that, that allow these sorts of motivations slash beliefs to develop in, um, in a child and who is now an adult child and listening to this episode and coming to workshop. Okay. Number one, a functional parent. There's two. Well, number one, a very functional parent. This parent may have validated performance and achievement. And you learn that the way to get love is to do rather than to be. So this parent might have been really good at the, the bills were paid, um, house over your head. They were into, um, or valued things like school. I mean, like, it's not like these are bad things, right? These are just very functional things, um, survival type of things, which is not bad. It's just a, it's just a type of, um, it's a, these are, these are important, obvious, these are primary needs that need to be fulfilled, like safety, food, shelter, um, making sure that you get to school, our bills paid, stuff like that. Okay. Um, so this parent may have been really good at that or not, but this is an example. They may have been good at that or if they might not have been even good at it, but that's where their energy was being, um, poured into. Okay, there was that was their focus. And you may have learned that um, you get love, their attention, their affection by doing rather than being they might have shown up for your, um, you know, they cared about your report cards, and maybe they showed up for the award ceremonies. But when it came to like who your friends were, they may not have taken interest in like your personal relationships or um, why you liked certain people or why you had certain interests outside of like productive things. Then there is a parentified child. This is like an, this is usually the result of an, not usually, a parentified child is a result of an underfunctioning parent, almost like a childlike parent. So we see that the first parent, that the first category that I described is on one side of the spectrum. And then this parent is on the direct opposite side. Okay. So an underfunctioning parent. And, and again, both of these types of parent, both of these types of parent child, um, relationships. That's, I, I really should say that. Okay, not this type of parent, but this um, parent child dynamic, both of these categories, even though they're on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how this parent shows up 
for the child um, and how this child relates to the parent, even though they sound opposite, they, they can produce the same result, which is this high achieving woman. And also this also applies to high achieving men, but I'm focusing specifically on women's issues. Happy women's month, by the way, happy March. Okay. Underfunctioning parent, almost like a childlike parent, the word parentified, you can start that maybe that might be helpful for you. Parentified child, a child who has taken on the role of a parent for the um, for the goal of survival. I have to do this. The parent may have had mental health issues like anxiety or depression, some maybe bipolar disorder, um, maybe addiction. Okay. Um, it also may have been a parent who worked a lot or was absent, incarcerated. Um, a high achieving parent can produce a parentified child if I'm out of the house a lot. Okay. And now the child, uh, and so the parent was absent, but, um, was there, but absent, right? You can be physically present, but emotionally absent. Okay. You can be physically absent too, but all absences matter when we're talking about attachment issues. So the parent was, I should say this in some way absent. So the child took over their duties, took over the parents' duties. A two-parent household doesn't necessarily mean anything. I can be parentified with two parents. I can be parentified with one parent. So parent or parents were absent um, in some regard, whether that was relationally slash emotionally or functionally. So the child took over the duties of a parent, like cooking, taking their siblings to school or getting their getting themselves ready for school, getting themselves home and, get, and doing things on their own. Some um, you may have heard something like a latchkey kid, a home environment that is more likely to produce securely attached children. I am doing um, the home environment is not that. And so I am doing things that norm that in an ideal situation, there would be a parent present. OK, so these are just examples. You're making your own meals. You're taking your sibling, taking siblings to school or getting yourself ready for school. You do, you're signing your own permission slips. Um, you're helping your, your siblings maybe with homework. You might even be paying bills. Okay. Or keeping the house and some, keeping the house organized to try to take the load off of your parent or parents. And the way that you attach to parents affects the way that you show up as an adult. Regardless of how the parent was, whether they were over-functioning or under-functioning, you can internalize this, you can internalize whatever they were to mean that I needed to do, do, do in order to be okay and to make sure that others around me are, are okay. I take on more responsibility than is mine. I carry the emotional load in relationships with people who, this is how, this is what it might look like in real life, Right. I take on more, more responsibility than is mine. I carry the emotional load in relationships with people who can't regulate their own feelings. I will be less of myself so they can be more of themselves. I will minimize my own feelings so I don't upset them. I will fix the issues myself because it's too much for them to deal with. I feel helpful and necessary. I am the glue. They need me. Okay, so it might look like that. Also, it might look like this. I carry the functional load in relationships with people who can't take care of themselves. Maybe they'll lose their job if I don't call in for them. They won't, or they won't get a job if I don't apply for them. They won't get into school if I don't write the essay. They won't stay in school if I don't do the homework. They won't get to work if I don't give them the car. They won't stay in this relationship if I don't read the books. They won't do, they won't do things on their own. And so I need to do their part because if I don't, 
everything will fall apart. Their life will fall apart or this will fall apart. So I do because I feel helpful and necessary that way. I am the glue and they need me. My overfunctioning, and this is why we're talking about this, my overfunctioning is a result of anxiety. Okay. So first thing you gotta, you gotta be able to, if you wanna fix this issue, and again, achievement is not the issue, but it's the result, like feeling depleted, taken advantage of, resentful, burnt out. That's the issue. Okay. Not the fact that you're doing that, not the fact that you can do things well. I love that. I love that. Okay. You love that. You love that. We need that. Okay. But we don't, but when it's the, when it, when it's so imbalanced, we have a problem. So we got to reframe that like helpful and necessary and being the glue and that they need me and that someone or they need me because that's giving me motivation to continue to burn myself out when I am actually depleted and I need someone to pour into me. I need something pouring into me. I need to give myself time. I need my own energy. Okay. So we've got to reframe some of those things that we've told ourselves that helps us to that motivates us to keep doing the thing that hurts us, and we've got to understand that overfunctioning in this way is actually a result of anxiety. Okay, it's a result of anxiety that like things will fall apart, or I might lose this relationship. Or I'm afraid that I will fall out of grace with you. You won't like me anymore. You won't come around as much. If I do not keep doing, whether it's in the family, platonically, or romantically, if I, if I do not keep taking on more, keep, keep taking on all this responsibility, then maybe you won't find me as useful. And I find validation in being useful for you. This is, this should, for, for those of you that have been listening to my podcast or that have been in this sort of space learning from other people about these kinds of issues, um, this should sound like codependency to you because it is. It's interesting. This is also another important reframe. High achieving women can also be codependent, codependent, especially if you are the type that I'm describing. There is there is codependency, which is why you can why you can be with people who are so under functioning because they need you to like lift them up and out of their mess. Okay, so they are they are overly dependent on you, but you're also overly dependent on them for validation or feeling necessary and important. I'm overly dependent, which is why I keep doing it so that you in your your under functioning self doesn't leave me. Okay, so they so they are actually providing you with some sort of per- with a, with a perceived benefit even though it's overall to your detriment which is how we know that this is a problem okay again should sound like codependency to you so we're going to talk about this in the high achieving women's workshop again on March 25th we're going to meet for 2 hours 10:30 to 12:30 eastern time um, we're going to talk about especially as it relates to this episode we're going to talk about where you get your sense of value from we're going to talk about boundaries that allow you to stop overdoing We're going to talk about equally yoked relationships. How do you recognize them? Let's do a relationship audit. Let's talk about it. Okay. Like what, where, where are the imbalances? Where are the drains? Where do we need to plug some things up? And let's restructure how you express your strengths. For example, um, I shared this, I think in maybe the last episode, one of my strengths, according to strength finders 2.0, which I think is a great tool. um, One of my strengths is maximizer. Right. Maximizer. Like, let's make this optimal. Let's let's make let's bring performance up. Let's make things better. I had to restructure the way that I express. This is just a very basic example, but I think it's a helpful. Picture. 
um, I had to restructure the way that I express my strengths. Being a maximizer is amazing, excellent, and helps me to do a lot. It is especially helpful in my work when people want to increase the vow, increase their life experience. They want to better their life experience. Take it up, 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 up. I love that. Okay. So I had to take that maximizer strength and put it into something like coaching and therapy, coaching more than therapy, because coaching is more about optimization. It is helpful for me to have a maximizer strength. It motivates me um, to do things well when it comes to like organizing my practice, website, appointments, like scheduling, stuff like that. Love that. But when it comes to personal relationships, if I take that same super high maximizer strength and I put it in personal relationships, it can can actually translate as a weakness. In relationship, if I then am, as I used to do, be in relationship with people who were projects, well, then I end up in this imbalance. This is an unequally yoked relationship. It doesn't mean that my strength isn't good, but my strength is, my strength needs to be reassigned. Okay. My strength needs to be reassigned. So we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about strengths in the high achieving workshop. We're going to talk about, um, restructuring, reassigning. I'm going to change the word right now because reassign is such a better, is a better word. Reassigning how you express your strength, express your strengths so that they do not translate as weaknesses. Okay. They do not translate into your personal life to get, um, getting you poor results when in your professional life, it would actually get you great results. Okay, sometimes we're just focusing on the wrong thing. Let's reassign. Let's reassign. Let's reassign. Amazing episode. I'm going to go ahead and claim that myself. I'm going to say that myself. 30 minutes. Amazing. I cannot wait to stop taking one on one. I'm going to close those one on ones on March 31st. I'm going to be able to create a lot more content, do more workshops and classes. So we're going to be able to get a whole lot. Um, We're going to be able to do a whole lot this year. I'm really excited about that, y'all. Thanks for listening. You can register for everything that you need at IamTaylorChandler.com. If you are interested in just donating because this work is helpful for you, there are Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal links in the show notes below. See you next time.